0: Hey everyone, welcome to Birth Podcast. I'm Ash. Thank you for joining me. It's Pride Month, and in honor of Pride, I want to make sure that I bring in voices of those who are working to not only educate the public, but who have been part of this journey. So today we have Joni Hemsworth who is in Florida. She owns A bookstore called the Paperback Exchange and has been incredibly supportive of my author's journey in the past year and has also been on the front line to really be an inclusive storyteller. Thank you for being on with me today. I'm really thrilled to have you here. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up and a little bit about your background.
1: I I grew up in Central Ohio, uh, the family that had a a little manufacturing business. And uh, my mom was a librarian, so kind of goes hand in hand here with the bookstore. Spent about 36 years there, a little teeny town just outside of Columbus, Ohio, corn fed and white bread and love, love my little hometown, you know, family still back that way. Uh, And ran away to the circus with a massage therapist. Moved down here as a massage therapist and found quickly that I had been licensed in Ohio and not in Florida and didn't really want to pursue that again. Got a job at a local Home Depot and kind of moved up the ladder quickly there. Went out on my own and uh, opened up a small business with my wife where we made things. Uh, I had a little spindle business on the side and People that were restoring chairs and tables and things like that. So I've always worked with my hands. But when we saw that this bookstore was for sale, it had been around well established, been around since 1979. That was kind of a no brainer. We fell into it. Just have fallen in love with the community and being part of it and changing around some of the book options that we have here creating our lgbtq section and our ufo and history section and our science fiction section just uh, being able to take cues from the community to find out you know what's what they want to read and try to have it available for them so yeah we we support our local authors as well doing online sales and creating a website and doing local deliveries and things like that made it possible for us to get through this
0: Um, I noticed that. I I remember (laughs) seeing you post that you guys made an attempt to give people an option to be able to order their book or to, to buy their book, and then you guys would hand deliver it to their door.
1: Yeah, it gave us a chance to reach out to our customers that were afraid to come out or couldn't come out, and it allowed us to still have our inventory available to them, even though they couldn't come in and peruse. We shut down actually a couple of weeks prior to the official shutdown. Just... Out of, you know, looking at the science and not knowing how it was spread and how long it lives on plastic and paper and things like that, which is books are basically, you know, paper covered in plastic on the, on the outside. So we, we were more concerned with getting somebody else sick than being coming sick ourselves. But then, you know, that evened out over the long run when we saw how prolific it was and how quickly it jumped up when people weren't taking precautions. And then we continue to offer the extra stuff too, you know, blind dates we do, you know, you can give us 30 bucks and we'll put together, you know, 10 or 15 books from a genre and ship it out to you. And, you know, you can make private appointments if you're very high risk and you don't want to be around other people. We'll accommodate you that way too. Come in extra hours in the morning and lock the door behind you. And then, you know, you come in first after everything's been disinfected and fogged and wiped down. We've always cleaned our books. That's something we've always done.
0: I'm kind of curious how your bookstore has been able to connect with the LGBTQ plus community. How has that been a part of, you know, the community that you and your wife have been building since you guys have owned the store?
1: Well, being in the community is, you know, the main part of it because we do get to connect with so many great authors, writers, story writers, article writers, journalists in the area. We're lucky enough to have Watermark magazine here that's been around since 1994, pushing out actual news, uh, pertinent and, you know, news to the LGBTQ community. So we've been able to create space for people like Pasco Pride, who reached out to us to do Queen Story Hour. And there was a lot of controversy around that with local zealots. I call them radicalized evangelicals coming around with bullhorns and screaming and yelling at people and making people feel shamed and terrible and attacking the business itself which which opened us up to some great PR from local journalists uh, local news stations but also opened us up also to have a white nationalist group come a couple times in the middle of the night put posters up talk about how it started we really walked into it just you know knowing that we wanted to provide this for the community, not even thinking almost until like a couple of days beforehand. Hey, we might have protesters, you know, we might need to plan for that. Miss Stephanie Stewart, which is a longtime supporter of Pasco Pride and a member of the LGBTQ community here and Vin Suasion, who did a lot of the music and has a real positive attitude with the kids. They reached out to Pasco Pride because they saw that there were drag queen story hours going on around. They didn't want to be sequestered into a bar at night to, you know, dance for a dollar. They wanted to give back to their families during the daytime. And that's really what pushed us to do it here at the store. It was just a natural thing. It's books, it's reading, it's kids. So we put out the word on Facebook and uh, let people know that, you know, we would have a little bit of a snack and some music and reading. And we invited other uh, businesses in the area too, to sponsor our Drag Queen Story Hour. So it was really a whole community event where people were coming out for the first time maybe and seeing LGBTQ people in the daylight and see that they're just like everybody else. They have day jobs, they have families, their kids wanna be read to. And um, we were also having some problems locally with the school board being um, attacked uh, and local LGBTQ kids in schools being attacked because of the bathroom issues. So we wanted to provide a place where we could get together and talk about these issues safely and kindly and do a little bit of um, planning because of the planning committees that were involved with that. The adults got to talk on their own and provide a safe place for the kids to be during you know, the events during that day. Just, so the kids know, get to
0: listen to stories and the adults get a chance to sort of talk about some of the more pressing community issues that have been challenging
1: so it helped everybody. You know, we, we didn't necessarily talk about that stuff in front of the kids because we sure. wanted to create a place for them that was safe and happy. And we didn't, adults weren't screaming and yelling at each other. And unfortunately, with the protesters, you know, coming out in droves and normally always during story hour, they would be out front. At times there were, you know, 20 or 30 of them out there and we had to trespass them off of the property. And it just got to be too much all together for everybody to be able to be safe. Not only thinking of them and even in their anger and then their, you know, trying to shame us, you know, I had to make sure they were safe as well as people on our side. We had such a great group of people that were willing to come out out front during the protests and help protect us and help, you know, keep it, So we had a safe place inside where it was quiet and it was kind and loving and such a dichotomy to walk outside. You know, I would try to go in and out um, sometimes just to maintain the calm. And that was a big mistake. You know, you wanted to just keep those two places separate and trust the folks out front that it wasn't going to get blown up out of proportion. But, you know, our folks were sensitive to the fact that they couldn't react to that. But that's why they were out there screaming and yelling at us. But it was the people that were driving by in support of us. They would whip into the parking lot and get out and, you know, raise their hand and go up and say, I'm here to protect you. And and that's not what we wanted to do in front of our kids either, as important as that is. Can you explain some of the things that they
0: were screaming and yelling?
1: They would say things like, you can't cut off your penis and become a woman through a bullhorn to... Four and five-year-olds coming in and out of the store with their, you know, kids. Jezebel, I got called so many different names. It was um, so, it, it it was hard because it was almost comical of of the way that they were speaking to us. Like, really, seriously, that's what you believe? I can hardly understand that you can believe that I'm like that, you know, because I'm putting on this event for children and pervert and you know the all of the, the whole gamut. You name it, I've been called that. <laughs> by, by the likes of
0: that. Have there been any kids that have expressed like, um, I mean, kids can get emotional. Sometimes they can respond to these way, you know, because it is a traumatic thing to be, not understand maybe what's going on, especially if they're young kids. Have you guys had conversations with kids who have brought up their questions or maybe their fears or maybe their curiosity around the protesters they see when they were coming to the story hour?
1: I know I haven't had personal conversations with the kids at story hours, but I have had conversations with parents that have come in with their children to the bookstore. Tried not to, you know, try to explain ourselves that day. Um, just uh, really trying to put on the event and go through uh, what we attempted to do and make it as positive as possible. Uh, but, but yes, off, off the event times conversations, like I said, we got we were able to get together with parents and talk about what we were trying to accomplish and why. And talk to people that, you know, because we had to trespass people from our side as well because of their inability to maintain calm. And Mm -hmm. and people that would say, oh, yeah, I'm going to be out there and I'm going to protect you. And it was hard. You know, I bought myself a bullhorn thinking I'm going to go out there and talk to those people like they're talking to me. Literally. Stephanie Stephanie, Ms. Stephanie and I were out front for maybe two minutes with that bullhorn. We very quickly realized that we turned into one of them almost immediately it got real salty and nasty. And that's like, I don't want to do that. That's not yeah. the person I'm gonna be. I don't want that on video. You know, <laughs> that's right. too easy. That's an easy place to go to. And that's what we you know, I noticed when people are screaming and yelling at you like that, even though you know, it's not true. Even though you know that that is their fear. And maybe that's their mirror. You know, a lot of times you, you hear people talk like that. All oh, you got to do is give them a microphone and a platform.
0: And they will tell you exactly how they feel about themselves inside. This thing in this one community, you know, you guys are handling it to the best of your ability as a business. But we've also seen 40 plus years of... And, and you've probably seen many of those things and gone to many protests and pride parades and everything else. Pride parade, which actually began as a riot. <laughs> um, you know, you, you've seen these things happen. So, so how, how do you feel that, like, this is representative in the present space that we are in, in our community, in, in our society right now for LGBT?
1: Well, you know, being out of the closet for so long, you know, I came out when I was about 18, 19. There was only a few letters on that list, right? LGBT and they didn't get along either and we've added letters all along the way for everybody that wanted to be included in that and it's important to know that at any point in time I've been a letter or a different letter or changed my letters over the course of that but that A, that that is the most important letter on there. That A is an ally, everybody's an ally, I'm an ally to the trans community. Because I'm not trans. I don't understand exactly what they're going through, but I'm their ally, and I support them. And they're not taking anything away from putting their letter on that list. We should add letters. It should be an infinite list. It should be like I. It should just keep going on and on and on and on to account for all of those beautiful colors on the spectrum that everybody can be at any one point. Now, let's throw an H on there and see how heterosexuals react. <laughs> I don't get, you know, get everybody in the, in, in the fight because what we're realizing now and the beauty of this maybe it's just because I'm seeing it this way gosh <laughs> what's really important right now is Black Lives Matter yeah. and we have to put aside some of our pride to allow that to happen and no matter what happens we're their allies they're an ally. Let's put BLM on that list for crying out loud. It's time. You know, it's time to get together. And I've always said all along, if people of color, women and the LGBTQ plus community got together, there would be no stopping us. And is that's what's happening now, I want to believe that's what's happening right now. I really do. <laughs> and I'm going to latch onto that and make sure whatever is seen as my privilege as a lesbian as a as a you know white lesbian <laughs> and use it to benefit everybody whether it's anybody on that list or not i i have every kind of person walking through my door at any point in time and i have to make sure that they're included even the people with MAGA hats i gotta include them it's hard yeah you know, I, I got some trump books in here it's hard you know, you'd be surprised how many copies of the third Reich come over my desk, you know, really? because it's, a, it's a reflection. You know, my used book collection is a reflection of what's going on around here. So yes, that's why it's so important for us to create an LGBTQ section and a black Brown authors of color section to bring that to the forefront. I got kicked around a little bit from some of my used book store friends because I created the books turned into movies section but it's really popular you know it's really comparative that you can really look into the what they're showing you versus what it says in the book and things like that so it, it opens up the conversation and and in having any kind of a book club you know you can narrow it down if you want to to have you know I'm gonna have a black and brown authors of color book club that's great We want everybody to be part of that. We don't want just black and brown authors and black and brown people to show up for that book club. We want white people to be there too. We want LGBTQ people to be there too. We want to be inclusive so we can share that knowledge that shows up. The beauty of a bookstore is you can travel wherever you want to at any point in time without even leaving your couch. And you can learn a little bit of somebody else's plight. You know, get out of your genre. Is what I tell people all the time. You know, I've had people that come in and say, I only read male authors. Oh, wow. What a limiting thing you're doing to yourself. Look at all these books. That you can't read now, you know, open it up, yeah, <laughs> open up. Absolutely. read something that isn't your, that you wouldn't normally read and uh, gain empathy. That's what we have to do. And, and, you know, God forbid we go backwards on this. You know, we just got to keep our foot on the gas pedal and keep going forward and work through all of the difficult conversations that it brings up. Because I'm not, you know, I've got inherent bias. I know I do. I volunteered for the Trevor Project a few years ago, which is an online forum where LGBTQ kids 14 to 25 can go and talk to each other under a controlled situation it's not a hookup site it's not a dating site but they can go create their own forum and talk exactly about what they want to talk about and we monitor that as adults we would monitor that we would read through what they were saying we would make sure that they were talking about self-harm or harming themselves or hooking up like a dating service because we wanted it to be safe a safe place for them to speak because maybe maybe they couldn't talk to their parents. We would read that and we would send that information. If it showed anything negative or anything hinky at all, we would send that up to the counselors and they, the professionals would reach out. I thought I was a savvy old lesbian and I was going to teach these kids a few things. (laughs) No, that is not what happened at all. They taught me so much. I learned what cisgender was. (laughs) You know, I went through that process and that's what we have to help people that don't know or that are refused to know. But we need to educate the people, especially ourselves. And thank goodness for uh, you know, the, the young kids these days teaching us uh, what, it, what, it, what we need to do to make it right in this country, to build equity in our community. And I love that.
0: I love that your bookstore has become almost a church of inclusiveness. You know, too, too <laughs>
1: about that. We thought about turning it into a church at one point, believe it or not. We looked into it because you know you can't protest a church. So that's how we were going to clean it up. But we we really ran into the safety issue of the protesters being on the street and people uh, possibly being harmed. You know, people showed up with baseball bats and things like that. It was just a bad deal. So we de-escalated it. We moved it. Uh, we tried to do it at this city. Um, there's a little park in the city called Sims Park, and they have an old church uh, that they brought. They actually brought onto the property that they used called Peace Hall, of all places. It fell on uh, the city manager, who was not at all receptive to us doing Drag Queen Story Hour at Peace Hall. <laughs> so we were looking at other venues. We were also looking at uh, and making plans to do our Pride event right then in October. So in renting, we rented Sims Park to do our pride event. Lo and behold, in renting Sims Park, we also rented Peace Hall. We were able to do uh, Drag Queen Story Hour on the hour every hour that day in Peace Hall. There were people that came in drag. There was someone that dressed up as an elf like Legolas. It uh, was wonderful. I dressed up as a dinosaur and read about dinosaurs to the kids because that's what is uh, near and dear to my heart. So we, we were able to open it up a little bit to uh, different types of reading hours and things like that you don't have to be a drag queen nobody has to worry about whether you're teaching children to twerk at drag queen for because that's not what was about okay we moved it to the library and in doing it there it was very interesting because the protesters were because it was a public library allowed right in the room That was unnerving. That was a whole different animal at that point. COVID, we were able to do, you know, Stephanie and Jim were able to do Drag Queen Story Hour online on Facebook Live. So that was actually great, you know, because the kids still got Story Hour. It wasn't as included. We didn't uh, do, I don't know that we did sponsorships and things like that. I mean, still send them books. Of course, you couldn't do snack. Still did the music. But it allowed us to provide that to them in their home, in the safety of their home. And guess what? Nobody showed up. Nobody bombed us. Or right. Nobody was screaming and yelling terrible things. So we didn't have to explain that side of it, which was kind of nice. Kind of nice. You know, that I think we should build on that uh, yeah. until we can find a place, a private place, to be able to do it in safety without hearing that. You know, that's their First Amendment right. I can't stop them from doing that. The way
0: the laws are interpreted, as far as statutes go, that say they're not allowed to do that to you. I mean, it's funny because they don't want children to hear stories from drag queens, yet they are saying what sounds to be very inappropriate things probably for young children to be not, you know, listening to anyway from anyone other than their parent, you know what I mean? I
1: think totally projecting all of their fears on the community through that bullhorn. Is
0: there anything you want to add that you really want to drive home as far as the message um, for this month, this space for your community, and just for anybody outside of Florida that is listening? that needs to know about the work Uh, that you're trying to do.
1: Use this place, use this platform as long as it's here to open up our community to what needs to be talked about, what needs to be said, what needs to be learned, what needs to be shared, really, and accepted. You know, like I said, tolerance is a slippery slope. I don't like to just tolerate things. That doesn't sit well with me. That leaves a a finite line of, okay, you're going to cross it and then you're out. I don't want that to happen. I want people to be accepted. I want people to be able to talk to each other even if they don't agree. I get a lot of that here. And I want a little bit of uh, exposure of that to people that wouldn't normally have it. Um, We put certain sections next to each other on purpose so we can expose people to things that they may not normally see.
0: Thank you for listening. If you're driving through Florida, if you are planning to pass through stop by the Paperback Exchange Bookstore. I'll put the address and the link to the website in the description box so you can check that out, have conversations with Joni, find out what she's doing online. I'll also put information in the description box about the Drag Queen Story Hour. They're really working hard to bring a sense of conversation and unity to their community, and it's incredibly inspiring, and we could all use a little more of that. For now, I'll let you go. Thank you for listening again. And may you live and move and have your being. Cheers.